Welcome to the News and Views podcast by the Fintech Times. Established in 2016, the Fintech Times is a global multimedia news outlet centered around the world's first leading fintech newspaper. We report on the latest and brightest ideas from the fintech world. Follow the conversation using hashtag TFC News and Views and follow us at the Fintech Times. Hi, I'm Polly and I'm a journalist at the Fintech Times. Hi, I'm Manisha. I'm the marketing coordinator at the Fintech Times. And this week we'll be talking about data privacy and digital ID. Polly, what did you look at? Thanks, Manisha. So I wanted to look at digital ID adoption this week and sort of the idea of um, data privacy surrounding that. So, of course, as we've heard about quite a lot recently and over the past year, the number of fraud cases during the COVID-19 pandemic has risen exponentially. Um, So scammers have really taken advantage of the increase in digital uptake. Obviously, with the whole world going online, there have been ample opportunities for fraudsters to exploit the vulnerable and less tech savvy. And with people adopting new technologies such as online banking um, and shopping or e-commerce for the first time during COVID-19, um, these frauds can be very easy to fall for as scammers are getting more and more convincing. Um, and as well, this fraud can be quite traumatic and damaging to the people who you know, experience them, especially if they are only just getting used to the online world. So not only have we seen an increase in things like phishing emails, so 23% of people from Gen Z and the millennial generation in the US have fallen victim to a phishing scam, as well as the UK's HMRC detecting a 73% rise in email phishing attacks in the first six months of the pandemic in the UK. Um, So there's also been an increasing number of identity fraud cases occurring in, in the pandemic, with the pool of personal information out in the world, both digital and physical, continuing to grow. Um, the number of identity fraud cases has gone up. So according to research released a few months ago by Javelin Strategy and Research, identity fraud has cost Americans a total of 56 billion in 2020, with about 49 million consumers falling victim. So of course, this is a huge problem and something that people, whether that be, you know, governments, companies or individuals, etc. in the industry are working on rectifying. So one idea for um, a solution to this issue is digital identification. So of course, this is a huge problem and something that people, whether that be, you know, governments, companies or individuals within the industry are working on rectifying. Um, And one idea as a possible solution to this is digital identification. Um, So this could mean many things, you know, biometric authentication does come into it a little bit. But generally speaking, it's sort of, you know, ID that you have on your phone or an app that you can show people and it counts as an official identification document, just like a passport or a driver's license, etc. So obviously the need for increased data privacy in this post-pandemic world could speed up the road that we're taking to digital identification. So survey results released by Duff and Phelps reveal that 81% of respondents agreed strongly to the concept of digital ID, improving the effectiveness of financial crime prevention across the financial service industry. So this survey, which polled professionals working within financial services, uh, went on to reveal that financial crime is currently the primary driver behind the adoption of digital ID services, with 34% of respondents citing that more effective know your customer processes, or KYC, are the greatest potential benefit to their company. So, of course, digital identification would definitely have its benefits, not only online, but, you know, in the real world as well, particularly. Um, For example, if you wanted to buy alcohol, um, you have to show the seller ID if you look under the drinking age, wherever you happen to be in the world. Um, And on that ID, you would usually have your address, your signature, you know, a bunch of other information that they don't necessarily need to know. uh, But once they've seen your ID that they do know. 
Um, and obviously it's been like that for a while. And, you know, IDs and showing off your driver's license isn't a huge concern when it comes to identity fraud. However, it's still there. And digital ID could make this process so much easier and so much more secure, just as one example. So a barrier to the adoption of digital identities, however, does lead back to the problem of data privacy itself. So many people are, generally speaking, sort of more reluctant to hand over even more of their data online in order to obtain the digital ID in the first place. For digital identity adoption to be successful, consumers do need to trust that their data is safe and secure. And this comes all down to how we build these digital identities and who looks after them. So a way to solve uh, this would be to change the perceptions of digital ID just in general. Industry leaders are very quick to stress that such identification wouldn't be a one-stop shop to access every piece of personal information about you at the touch of a button, but rather they'd be, you know, more selective and sharing only the specific data needed at any one time. So, you know, if we go back to the alcohol buying example, you'd only show off, you know, a picture, your name and your date of birth, because that's all they really need to know for you to buy alcohol. So that's something that is being sort of very stressed at the moment. So example of this is Mastercard, who recently partnered with Deakin University and the Australia Post to test out a digital ID solution, enabling students to register for their exams digitally. So this removes the need for paperwork and trips to campus, but also reduces the amount of data shared about each student. So students created a digital identity with the Australia Post and used this to gain access to their university exam portal. So with every registration, only specific personal information was required to allow students entry to the exam portal. Nothing was shared that didn't need to be. So this model could be the case for bank shops and other workplaces. So rather than revealing most of your identity with every you know, purchase or to confirm your identity for whatever you happen to need it to, you just use uh, what needs to be revealed at that time, keeping your data safely hidden. So while putting data privacy at the core of digital identities is critical, it's not the only step to take to increase trust. So often who is holding your data is just as worrying as what data that they have to hold and establishing trust with the organizations that will collect our personal data is absolutely key. So regulation is one thing, of course, but perception is another. And of all the sectors that have had their hat in the ring to create and own digital identities, many are already under intense scrutiny when it comes to data, um, to the point where actually many industry insiders are betting on third parties, um, like established payments providers or even new entrants to the market, such as the post office, to win the trust of consumers that may be a bit more wary of, you know, for example, big tech's uh, track record of data privacy. And even some governments, you know, looking particularly at Denmark, recently they exposed tax id numbers for millions of citizens so it's actually thought that third party providers may be the ones to really crack on the digital id trust issue at the moment so of course physical id documents won't be going away anytime soon um adopting digital identities however does seem to really be looming on the horizons there are even you know further possibilities to explore here such as biometric authentication as i mentioned very briefly at the beginning you know it's not so far fetched to think that maybe instead of flashing an id you'll scan a fingerprint and that will confirm who you are and who you say you are obviously that all sounds a bit futuristic and maybe that is something further on in the future but i think it's definitely something to think about the range of possibilities is absolutely endless um, and quick, easy identity verification in life just makes things easier for everyone, both the business and the consumer. So for this to be a reality, however, trust must be front and centre of it all. And I think that's the really big thing to take away here. Data privacy is still a sore subject for many, especially at the moment with, you know, obviously everyone's online and everyone's just really worried about their data. And the future of digital identities really just lies with the consumers 
how much they trust the technology and the security will determine whether or not we'll be able to pay for our favourite drinks at the bar with a simple flash of our digital IDs. And I, for one, am really interested to see how that goes on as the year goes on and as the future goes on as well. So, Manisha, I know you also looked at data privacy uh, this week. What were you looking at? Yeah, so that's correct. My article um, discussed how 50% of consumers fear losing privacy over an increased digital footprint. So just to a brief intro, according to the Global Consumer State of Mind Report 2021, which is an annual benchmark report produced by Truata, with nearly half of global consumers in a new report admitting they have lost control over how much data is stored about them. And this has raised concerns from consumers and how they fear over their online privacy and personal data. As we know, COVID has led to an era of becoming more digitalized and it has meant the population in general have expanded their digital footprints by using more technology. 60% of business owners and senior managers admitting that they have used tech solutions during COVID that they previously wouldn't have used due to privacy concerns. Um, 56% expressed worries over losing track of their digital selves entirely and are now seeking to regain, regain control over their personal data. However, because of this, um, a high percentage, 77% of global consumers have taken steps to reduce their digital footprint. As a whole, it indicates that consumers shouldn't have to safeguard their data themselves. Businesses need to take steps and ensure they are transparent about the storage and usage of the data. 69% of global consumers says they are more likely to be loyal to a brand if they trust them to use personal data appropriately. And, you know, and two factors that also play a part in trust is that the level of regulation in a particular industry and whether a company has its headquarters in a country with a trustworthy government. As we know, in this day and age, personal data exchanges acts as a price of entry into this new digitally driven economy. And with everything happening online, there's been many questions about the safety of privacy and cyber cybersecurity, which is currently being addressed. Many consumers feel businesses have overstepped the boundary when it comes to data usage. Despite the benefits, 55% of people now say that they would prefer not to receive personalized offers if it means being tracked and being stalked online. And consumers have made this clear that they are mitigating these privacy issues by doing things such as unsubscribing from email blasts, rejecting website track cookies, going into private browser mode, and deploying ad blocking software that can prevent companies from tracking online activities. There's a few ways how businesses can overcome this issue and increase the trust of consumers in how their data is being handled. The first thing is having a strong, secure cybersecurity system in place that is tested regularly, which will allow you to highlight strengths and weaknesses and make changes. Um, transparency is also key. So customers want to be aware of how their data is being collected, used and protected. This involves, again, regularly updating customers on their security and giving them options to opt out of data collection. Big companies have created data maps to showcase the types of data they collect from customers, which is a turning point. Um, another point is hackers are never ending, so we need to make sure they're updating their software and devices constantly. One of the highest predictors of consumer trust is the speed of the company reporting and response of when these breaches occur. Another thing is how generally how they're complying to data privacy regulations, for example, GDPR. Another point is organizations are working to create infrastructure environments that can accommodate for the large volumes of data being collected. The best practice is said to store data in a limited number of systems as um, smaller system footprints reduces the chances of breaches. 
And lastly, customer-centric strategies, such as customer-facing applications with features like automated time logouts and requirements for strong passwords also make the system more secure. So I think to conclude, moving forward, businesses need to understand consumers' pinpoints and better understand their needs. Consumers are more likely you know, to share data when they know where what type of data is being shared and where their data is going. And this way, you know, companies, the way companies handle consumer data and privacy can become a point of competitive advantage. And essentially, this will have a huge impact on how business runs and how consumers will place more trust in that. Thanks for listening to the News and Views podcast by the Fintech Times. Don't miss next week's episode and continue the conversations using hashtag TFT News and Views and follow us at the Fintech Times.